It's not a tumor. Welcome to Arnie Geddon. I'm Cam Smith. And I'm Tony G. And we're here this time to talk about Kindergarten Cop. That's right. The first year of school is always hard for everybody. You can take the mean cop out of the streets, but can you put him in the classroom? Uh, apparently, yes, with great success. <laughs> so, Tony, Kindergarten Cop's a movie I think we've put off for a while because... I don't know, there's something about when we sat down and wanted to do this Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, we were excited to talk about Predator, True Lies, Terminator 2, Eraser. Not so much the comedies, am I right? I don't know about that, Cam. Oh, in in fact, I think you are, (laughs) we can quote you in the first episode of this podcast of you saying... Oh, no, I should have listened to it. (laughs) That you don't really look forward to the comedies. Well, I wasn't looking forward to the comedies after we watched Twins and Jingle All the Way, that's for sure. Right. (laughs) So... Wait, wait, those were comedies? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I wasn't looking forward to any other comedies, let's say, after Twins or Jingle All the Way. Sure, sure. Yeah, we kind of put this one off for a bit, but we're finally diving in. We've got a few more comedies to do. We thought, you know what? We can't just push those to the back of the filmography. we got to kind of work these in. And Kindergarten Cop is one. I don't know why we felt that way, really, with, with Kindergarten Cop, because it is a movie that has, at least with our generation, our age group, a lot of name value. Like, a lot of our generation really does look kindly on Kindergarten Cop. It's definitely got a pretty good comedic pedigree as far as... Arnold Schwarzenegger, fish out of water, 1990s comedies are concerned. Yeah, yeah. I have actually a coworker. Uh, she's, you know, maybe 10 years older than us, but she's got two young kids. And when I told her we were going to do this podcast, she was like, oh, my kids love Kindergarten Cop. They've seen it at least five or six times. By coworker, of course, you mean uh, a colleague who works with us in the studio <laughs> on, on Arnie Geddon. No, no, that's at my volunteer job. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, yeah. of course. But, you know, her kids are, I think, 8 and 11. So there are 8 and 11-year-olds out there right now enjoying Kindergarten Cop, even to this day. Oh, that warms my heart. Although I don't know if I'd show this to an 8-year-old or an 11-year-old for that matter. <laughs> you were about, what, 10 years old when Kindergarten Cop comes out. What is your memories of seeing this movie for the first time? You know, most of these movies, I remember it. Maybe it is because I'm an action movie guy. Yeah. Uh, I remember being blown away by... <laughs> Like, oh, I, like, I remember the first time I saw Commando. Right. I, I don't think I could tell you the first time I saw Kindergarten Cop, though. Do you remember the first time you saw Kindergarten Cop? Honest, yeah. Honestly? Honestly? Or are you I, just making this up no, for the 100, podcast? No, 100%. My parents, I remember, saw this movie, and they loved it. They thought it was just a, <laughs> a, a laugh riot. And uh, we, every summer, would go up north to a cabin up there we had on a lake. It was Ruth Lake. Up north in uh, just a past 100 mile in in uh, BC. I actually heard them talking one night. Apparently the plan was to leave you there. Right. Oh, they tried many times. <laughs> I was always faster than the raccoons, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we would go up there every summer. And about a half hour drive away was a video store. And we would end up renting movies maybe like three or four times over the course of the stay. But in the summer, I'm guessing of 1991, because this movie came out at the tail end of 1990. So I'm thinking by August of 1991, my parents were like, now's the time. We're going to rent Kindergarten Cop and we're going to watch it at the family you know, cabin with my grandparents there as well. Together as a family? As a family. We had a multi-generational viewing of That's Kindergarten so Cop. That's so sweet. I know, right? Much more interesting than Tough Guy Thursdays or whatever, or how I, how I saw every other Arnold movie. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so like I remember we all watched it, and I would have been about 10, I think, at that point. And uh, it's funny because like, my memory is like thinking it was really great. I, I really enjoyed it, but I never saw it ever again. So really, that's weird. You, really, you haven't seen Kindergarten Cop since you saw that with your, with your family? For some reason, it was a one and done. Maybe just they didn't air it on TV enough for me to tape it. Or something, because like I saw Twins plenty of times. Um, saw you know most of the Arnold movies multiple times, but for some reason this one just the once. Because that is one thing about this movie, and maybe it goes into why I can't remember the first time I see it. Although now I'm kind of creating memories in my mind about oh I, I was definitely there in the theater. <laughs> uh, I had a goat with me. Uh, 
And it turns out those memories may or may not be true. The goat was like, this movie's bad. <laughs> the goat didn't have a lot to say. <laughs> At least that's how I recall. <laughs> right. Uh, but I've definitely seen it more than a more than a couple times since it came out. Like, uh, I probably haven't seen it in maybe five or six years. Right. But it's a movie that got played a lot on cable. Uh, it was often playing at people's houses for whatever reason and i've just seen it a ton of times so i have to ask your memories of kindergarten cop i don't want to talk about you know this time we watched it just a few minutes ago but were your memories of kindergarten cop was that it was really funny you know what it was i I, okay okay uh, i remembered it well let me back up here i remember twins being the pinnacle of arnold schwarzenegger's comedic career until we watched twins recently and you you guys out there you can go back and listen to that episode we discovered that twins well at least for us doesn't really hold up that well but i remembered kindergarten cop as uh except for twins and certainly after i'd seen twins recently although i was worried (laughs) me and the goat were worried that, (laughs) that uh i remembered it being quite funny right yeah, it's funny, like, my memories of it were more that, like, the dramatic stuff was really interesting to me. You know, the bad guy, like, I totally remembered that character. Um, I didn't recall a lot of the comedy. I mean, little bits. When the lines popped up in the movie, I was like, oh, of course I remember those. They really did stick with me in a, in a way, but it was more the dramatic material that really, like, for some reason, I remembered much better. Maybe because... I really did like Arnold at this point in my life, you know, as as a kid there, and I was watching more of the action movies than Kindergarten Cop. Right. So, let's talk about the year this movie comes out, the year of 1990. And uh, this what movie, a, what a year. That's right. This movie opens December 22nd, Christmas release. And it had a budget of now the numbers vary here depending on the site. It was either 15 million or 26 million. Either way, not a lot of money. Fairly low budget, That's right? more of a window within a number there. I know. It's really weird. For some reason, Box Office Mojo has 15, but the numbers.com has 26. So, I don't know. Let's just well, say it's a well, 20 million. 20 million. <laughs> what does your third source say? <laughs> 105 million. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was reasonably low budget, and it made domestic $91 million, foreign 111 for a worldwide total of $202 million. That's not bad in 1990 dollars, is it? That's huge. That is really, really great numbers. So, like, Kindergarten Cop was a massive hit. It was number 10 for the year. Um, it made $20 million less than Twins, which I think is a little interesting. Both Ivan Reitman movies, both big Arnold comedy projects. Twins was, was a phenomenon. But Kindergarten Cop was just a hit, like a big hit. Didn't have the star power of Danny DeVito. That's right. Penelope Ann Miller is just no Danny DeVito, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure Penelope feels okay about that. <laughs> but here's the top 10 for 1990. We did talk about it in um, our Predator 2 episode, but I'll just run through it again. At number one, you had Home Alone. So this really was the year of comedies featuring kids. So yeah, you had Home Alone at number one. Number two, you have Ghost. Number three, Dances with Wolves. Number four, Pretty Woman. Number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Still one of the coolest movies I remember. <laughs> uh, number six, The Hunt for Red October, which featured a uh, star we may know. Yeah, a little Sven Ole Thorsen, one of Schwarzenegger's longtime collaborators. He was busy this year, actually. He was, yeah. Because he was also in uh, Abraxas. Yeah, uh, yeah. For what was the subtitle of that one? Guardian of the Galaxy or Some, something? Yeah, of the like universe, that? I think. Maybe. Yeah, and then yeah. he was helping Arnold out on Total Recall as well. That's right. And number seven, Total Recall. Oh, funny that. Yeah. Deja num- vu. <laughs> number eight, Die Hard 2. Number nine, Dick Tracy, a movie I have a lot of fondness for, although I don't know if it's that great. I, I just remember that movie when it was really, it was like one of the most marketed movies of all time. I have the entire tops collector card series of dick tracy movie cards i don't know if you want to admit that uh on a public podcast here i I also have all the action figures except for the blank who was impossible to find if you look on like a line it's like a thousand dollars for a blank figure you could ask madonna yeah she probably has them all uh and you know kindergarten cop of course was number 10 narrowly beating out back to the future 3 people look at back to the future 3 as a classic maybe not as good as the first one 
Unless you're a ZZ Top fan. Sure. But uh, Back to the Future 3, I think, is considered a pretty big hit. Kindergarten Cop beat it. So that tells you that Kindergarten Cop was definitely a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, when we did the um, Predator 2 episode, I kind of went through the numbers for that year of you know, kind of sci-fi type movies. But, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But just again. for the, for the sake of argument, though, given that this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, we should maybe assume. Also, having access to some of our download numbers, we should assume sure. that maybe Predator <laughs> Two was not listened to fair, by everyone. Fair out enough. There. But I'm not going to go into the sci-fi tie-in movies that ranked lower on the list because I think we'll do that when we talk about Total Recall. What I want to talk about with the kind of the movies below Kindergarten Cop. Are the other comedies featuring children that opened this year? And so at number 15, you had Three Men and a Little Lady, the sequel to the biggest hit of 1987. Uh, hard to believe Steve Gutenberg wasn't busy. <laughs> number 21, Problem Child. Which I have a lot of fondness in my heart for. I never saw the first one, I only saw the second. Oh, really? Yeah. John Ritter and Gilbert Gottfried, other best, and, <laughs> and whatever that kid's name is. <laughs> number 24, Look Who's Talking To. I have seen that movie, and it's atrocious. <laughs> uh, probably even worse than the third one. I forgot they made a third one. Yeah, the one with the pets. Yeah. Uh, and number 51, Ernest Goes to Jail, which I feel like probably had kids in it. <laughs> I just really want to mention an Ernest movie on this show. Uh, number 81, Space Invaders. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw that movie in theaters. I might have seen that in theaters, too. It, it's horrible. <laughs> My dad took me to it, and like it's one that at the time I thought as a kid, I'm like, yeah, this was really good. But I now like from the point of view of being you know 38 years old, I think of what was probably going through my dad's head through the entirety of Space Invaders. Yeah, exactly. This is the next generation. We're doomed. (laughs) And at number 98, the movie The Witches with Angelica Houston, which. it's gotten a real cult following over the years. That's the one where they turn kids into mice? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, real bomb, huh? Number 98. Number 98? Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. It made like $10 million. You know, I actually went to see The Witches in the theater. I remember because I went with my dad and my brother. And my dad, I guess, had told my mother, oh, I'm taking the kids to see a movie. Right. And um, we went into the movie theater and the movie started. And it wasn't The Witches at all. It was Darkman. Oh, awesome. Um... My dad, you know, he realized pretty early, he was like, this is not an appropriate movie for kids. He took us next door to the witches, and he left us there, and then left the theater, and went back in to watch the rest of Darkman. That's a smart choice. I support that. (laughs) Darkman is awesome. I remember at the time being a little worried, but uh, (laughs) in hindsight, I probably would do the same thing. Were you scared watching the witches? I don't think so. I think no. I was okay. too old at that point. My brother was, though. Was it? Was it a Roald Dahl novel? I don't adaptation? know. I couldn't tell was. you. I think they're remaking The Witches, actually. Who knows? By the time, you know, some people listen to this episode of the podcast, The Witches remake may be blowing up the box office. I'm pretty sure at this point, people are just holding down <laughs> fast forward, like, what are these idiots talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's roll into <laughs> Kindergarten Cop, then. Oh, kindergarten... Are, you, are you sure? Yeah, I think it's time to move into <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. This movie... Um, Arnold was getting ready to start a family. He was shooting Total Recall. He was going through scripts. He knew that kids were going to be entering his life. He said fatherhood was really big on his mind at that point in time. He wanted to do a movie with kids. He stumbled across a script for Kindergarten Cop in his trailer while he's shooting Total Recall. And the original pitch slash script was by a guy named Murray Salem, who has like no credits on IMDb. Like this was his kind of one and done effort. And, um... Arnold liked it and wanted to do the movie, but he felt like he needed Ivan Reitman, who uh, Ivan Reitman at this point in time is shooting Ghostbusters 2, so he's busy, but Arnold pulls him in, and then they want major script changes done. Like, they want to take this kernel of this idea that um, Murray Salem came up with, and, you know what, make this more of a kind of a contemporary story. Arnold wanted a fitness theme. Um, Ivan Reitman wanted uh, child abuse. And family problems, because these guys know comedy. And, yeah. <laughs> and so it was the two of them kind of making it feel kind of more relatable, or at least more weighty for what a normal kid's picture would be, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so they give the world Kindergarten Cop. Now, Tony, what is Kindergarten Cop actually about? Well, Kindergarten Cop, when you get right down to it, and this is maybe thanks to Murray Salem. I'm not sure what was left over once they were done with it, but... A badass cop. We we were debating whether he's from L.A. or New York. It's not entirely clear. But he needs to go undercover 
as a kindergarten cop in order to apprehend a drug lord. And of course, along the way, he falls for a foxy mega babe colleague co-teacher who also happens to be the mother of the kid he's looking for. Coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing how that works. Yeah, yeah. I have to wonder if Murray Salem had all that <laughs> jotted down in his script. It was on post-it notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I should add that the two writers they brought on were uh, Herschel Weingrod and Timothy Harris, who both wrote Twins together. So they were Ivan Reitman guys. They also wrote Trading Places, My Stepmother's an Alien, Space Jam, Brewster's Millions. So I think... When we look at the movie Kindergarten Cop, a lot of the comedy sensibility comes more from them. Yeah, although speaking of Ivan Reitman, guys, this movie was originally, allegedly, you can you always got to wonder how much to believe about this, uh, supposed to be a Bill Murray vehicle. That's right, yeah. Yeah, who, uh, who ultimately wasn't available or wasn't interested, and it, it then went over to Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what Bill Murray would have been doing. Um, I think after Ghostbusters 2, he did his directorial debut, Quick Change. So I think that was maybe the direction he was more interested in going. So, uh, yeah, so Kindergarten Cop, Tony. We just sat down and watched it. And what was your take? I really enjoyed this movie, Cam. I, I came into it, I was like, oh man, after Twins. Twins is like one of those movies you watch. It's like watching uh, Labyrinth or Dark Crystal or something like that. Where... Careful, those movies have real passionate cult followings. Uh, okay, it's like watching Carnosaur right. um, or... Uh, Critters 3. <laughs> but I went back and watched this as these movies that you just remember so fondly. You, you think, like, this is not just a movie. This is an integral part of my childhood. Right. And then you go and you watch them as an adult some 25 years later. And you're like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and not only have you just watched a movie that doesn't hold up, but you've, you've destroyed a little piece of yourself that you're never going to get back. But happily, that wasn't the case here. Oh, okay. What is the case of that happening to you? Like a childhood movie that just ruined you? Childhood movie that just ruined yeah, you? Yeah, like when you saw it later, when you saw it, it, it did not hold up at all, that you just felt like wrecked as an adult. Like, oh, oh, that's sad. I'm probably going to take a lot of hate mail for this, but I, if I think, I think if I had to pick, prime examples are, say, uh, Labyrinth or, oh, okay. or The Dark Careful, Crystal. Careful, that cult audience doesn't want to hear that answer. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. And they're not they're not bad movies, don't get me wrong. They're just movies that I, I remembered as a kid right. uh, just being like the greatest movies ever made. And I think a lot of people who really tout how great these movies are are in a little bit of the same boat. Maybe they haven't seen it in a while. And I'd like to encourage people to go back and watch these <laughs> movies, but... Well, there's a screening in Vancouver almost every single week yeah. for the fans that I'll go. <laughs> but preserve your childhood memories. That's all I have That's to right. say. That's right. Okay, so yeah, for me, revisiting this movie is really interesting. And in that, yeah, like I remembered a lot of the plot elements, almost all of them, which was kind of surprising considering I only saw it once. Which tells me that whatever it was doing in 1990 worked. Like, it did stick with me. Because I, I watched lots of movies, you know, in the 80s and 90s. That I've completely forgotten. I watched a movie called Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. I don't know what happened in it. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> or just think about the movies that we've watched on this podcast. I can think of movies that we have watched together in the last year, year and a half just yeah. for this podcast. That if you were to ask me, what was the name of the main villain in that? Or... yeah. What was the main villain doing? Yeah. Or what was Arnold Schwarzenegger doing? Yeah. I could not give you an answer. Some of the plot machinations of um, Raw Deal. Yeah, I remember there was... Uh... <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, for me, revisiting Kindergarten Cop was interesting in that, like, this movie holds up way better than Twins. Twins, you only have the premise. Like, the dramatic story of Twins isn't that interesting. The comedy is the epitome of hit or miss mostly miss and uh you know it's kind of like you got your premise that's it this movie i don't think it's that funny anymore like i don't feel and that's something i notice a lot in comedies of the 80s and 90s i watch them and i'm like yeah the, the laughs really began and ended with the premise <laughs> well cam you know it, it's always tough being the guy to tell someone this but you may just not have a sense of humor. I probably don't. That's why I find you so funny. <laughs> but, um... Zing! <laughs> but Kindergarten Cop, like, it has its fun little moments. It has, like, a light energy to it that I think actually still works. Like, I think Twins, when you watch it, feels kind of... <laughs> like, it's a lot of ill-fitting parts that are really clunky. Whereas, like, this one still plays. 
Um, I think the dramatic elements of the story work. I think the camaraderie between Schwarzenegger and his partner Pamela Reed still works. Uh, I don't really have a lot of complaints. I just don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's totally pleasant. Um, but it's a movie that when I look at it through the lens of like a movie viewer of 2019, I look at Kindergarten Cop and I'm like, who is this movie made for? Apparently it was made for everyone. So it would seem, but you know, you watch this movie and it's like, yeah, there's a lot of like kids say the darndest things type stuff. Like that's the pretty much what the humor is throughout this movie. As an adult, that humor, I have a very low tolerance level for. It's not my thing. <laughs> but I watch this movie and I'm like, that seems to me perfectly angled at kids. And yet this movie also has like a drug dealer who's gunning people down, a corpse on a slab... You know, like, a long, drawn-out romance that's completely devoid of laughs or, like, it's just entirely this tender romance with fireside chats. The kind of awkward sex scene with his partner. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly, yeah. With, like, her husband running around wearing, like, no clothes and, like, covering himself with a pillow. In a shootout where a man is, like, shot into a, like, and falls dead against a urinal. Like, (laughs) it's so weird, the movies we were brought up with as kids, because... You know, people talk about how kids are exposed to so many, you know, horrible things nowadays. And I'm like, this is a weird movie to show kids. Yeah, it would be. I don't know if this movie was made for kids, though. Like, this movie uh, was made, I think, for people who had probably seen Twins. People had seen Schwarzenegger in a more sure action-packed role. Although, he was, I think, especially at the start of this movie and near the end, in pretty good action form. Oh, yeah, I mean, especially at the opening of this movie where he's, like, you know, this undercover cop who's, like, a renegade and he's dressed like Reese from Terminator <laughs> with the trench coat and the shotgun. No matter where he goes or what time of day it is, he's wearing sunglasses. Yeah. I'm going to the mall. Better put on my shades. And they're the type of shades he wore in um, in Killing Gunther. That's right, actually. Yeah. Good, good catch. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I liked seeing this sort of badass Schwarzenegger cop because we didn't really get... Here's a question for you. Did we ever get a lot of Schwarzenegger, like, renegade cop movies? He was usually the kind of the by-the-book one. I'm thinking of, like, um, Red Heat. Did he ever play, like, this type of, like, rough-and-tumble kind of cop? That's more of, like, some of the other action stars. Well, we haven't reviewed it yet, but he did, in, I think, The Last Stand. End of Days. End of Days. Yeah. Eraser. Eraser, uh, he's a federal marshal, though, and he's he's much more... He has, like, a procedure that he follows. I think you're splitting hairs. I don't when think you... he's this type. He's not the, like, <laughs> the unshaven, like, bursting into, like, drug dens with shotguns and just blowing holes in the ceiling. I think pretty much every movie where Schwarzenegger has played a law enforcement officer or an official of any kind, he has not been by the book. Well, fair enough. But this is, like, the one that looks like he just crawled out of a ditch every day. Like, I feel like we don't see that from Arnold a lot. No, we don't. Uh, I think End of Days, which we still have to do on this podcast, yeah. is is probably the best example I can think of that. Yeah, yeah. That opening salvo there definitely had, uh, I know it's 1990, but the 80s are still with us and they are still strong. That's right. Uh, I, I don't know what the purpose really is of scoping a sawed-off shotgun, but I don't know if that increases your accuracy at long range. But, uh... He never used the scope either, so it's tough to say. (laughs) I'm pretty sure when you got a shotgun like that, your (laughs) kill zone is about (laughs) three and a half feet. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, he's after this drug lord. They catch him. And what is the reason for Arnold needing to go be a kindergarten cop? Well, this is where things maybe get a little bit confusing, as is so often the case in Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, allegedly, or apparently, Crisp's wife... And Crisp, we should say, is played by Richard Tyson. He's the villain. He's a majestic ponytail. That's right. Crisp's wife, Joyce, played by Penelope Ann Miller. Ex-wife. Well, it's not really clear whether they're exes or not. Um, she's She's been on the run. They're separated. We'll sure. call it that. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. She allegedly has $3 million of his... Uh, and would be a w- great witness. The witnesses that they have against him aren't very good or aren't particularly good at staying alive. And um, so they know that uh, she and her son have run off to Astoria, Oregon. Right. And uh, I don't know why they can't just go and ask the parents there in a normal kind of police-like way, but they decide that the best way to get the information that they need is to have a cop who goes undercover as a kindergarten teacher. 
Right, yeah, that's where it gets a little confusing. You're like, boy, that is a, those are some real hurdles we're jumping over just to identify this woman and her son. Now, I've watched a lot of Law and Order in my day. Sure. And I've never seen someone go undercover as a kindergarten teacher to get, <laughs> to get the clues. So, does this direction to get into the premise work for you? Did it feel weird? Because, yes, Pamela Reed's character, Arnold's partner, is supposed to be the kindergarten teacher... She gets ill, and we get a long, extended vomit montage. <laughs> Which is a really weird. It has lovely music. It's like set to this very like bittersweet music. I, I actually really liked how they took the opportunity. Like and Up until that point, Schwarzenegger was a hard, badass, brawny cop. Yeah. And they, it took a vomit montage to really show his softer side. Yeah. Of him helping... Uh, his partner Phoebe throw up in the rain under an umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really quite sweet. That's right. And you know, ultimately, you know, she can't become the cop, so Arnold winds up there. Did this well, feel? She can't become the teacher. She Sorry, can't become the. <laughs> she can't become the kindergarten cop. That's right. <laughs> yeah, she can't become the teacher, so Arnold has to take her place. But did this did this setup work for you, or did it feel like the gears being you know ground together? I'm sure if I took out my kindergarten cop magnifying class and uh, hunted for clues about whether or not this worked for me, I could find all kinds of reasons why it wouldn't, mm -hmm. but it is a conceit that I'm willing to forgive. I think as far as setting up a kindergarten cop with our Schwarzenegger in it, it's as good as we're going to get. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this, I think, totally worked for me. Um, it's ridiculous. It's a little sitcom-y, but... I can go totally go along with it, especially considering like some of the stuff you had to accept for the movie Twins. Again, like this movie just feels to me like the much more polished version of what Reitman and Schwarzenegger were trying to do before. It has the similar kind of action subplot with the villain. I think that villain might have had a ponytail too. I don't remember. <laughs> but like, you know, it's that kind of thing, this high concept sort of stuff. But I just feel like this one holds together better. And, like, the shift from the, the violence and the action type stuff into the kindergarten stuff, I thought, worked. Like, it flowed. It didn't feel like a really, really abrupt shift the way that twins often did. Yeah, which is hard to believe, isn't it? Because uh, one of the things that I think we remarked in a very early episode of ours, uh, Cactus Jack, which is a movie that almost nobody has seen of Schwarzenegger's. Also known as the villain, yeah. Yeah. Where they say in Hollywood, I think, that you should never act on screen with kids or animals right and this one had both right it yeah. had a very prominent ferret and just dozens of kids all over the place yeah and it kind of works didn't it arnold actually had a quote on that he referenced that exact thing you said about working with kids or animals and he said well i already worked with animals in conan that turned out fine and he said i happily work with kids who knows even if everyone just wants to look at the kids, if the movie's successful, what do I care? <laughs> there you go. Arnold, always the businessman. Yeah, perpetually quotable. <laughs> Speaking of being a businessman, this movie almost didn't get off the ground. Did you hear about that? No. Uh, Arnold, as he is wont to do, especially around this point in his career, wanted a private studio uh, okay. for him and his entourage to work out. Right. And they couldn't get one to him until... Uh, a good Samaritan uh, in Astoria managed to come forward and provide him with the gym that he was demanding, and the movie was able to continue. Otherwise, the story goes he would have walked. Good lord. <laughs> That's shameless. <laughs> it, it, I, th I think it's funny that uh, a fully equipped weight gym is the brown M&Ms of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. So, what did you like, about, or dislike, I should say, about, uh, either or, about Arnold with the kids? Like, that's the big comedy set pieces, I suppose, of the movie. Which ones worked for you? Well, I think up to this point, and you can correct me if you think differently, Cam. I mean, we've seen Arnold a lot, basically blowing up buildings, wielding broadswords, machine gunning down bad guys. We saw him uh, hanging out with Danny DeVito a little bit in in twins and hanging out with pretzy and hanging out with pretzy in hercules in new york but we hadn't really seen him uh in true family friendly fare with a bunch of kids and who knows how that could have gone eh but uh this is i think where we really get to see schwarzenegger at possibly his most charismatic right yeah i agree like i think the scenes of him with the kids in the classroom uh like i can't say they're laugh riots to me but they still don't feel awkward or weird. Like, this movie, 
you know, because it was a huge hit, it seems like every action hero that followed Arnold had to make a movie involving kids. You had, like, Mr. Nanny with Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. You had The Pacifier with Vin Diesel. Cop and a Half. Cop and a Half with Chuck Norris. You had The Game Plan with The Rock. Cop and a Half was with Burt Reynolds. That's right. What was... Did... did uh, oh, Sidekicks. Sidekicks. Sidekicks with, uh, with uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you always had these, like, kid movies. And a lot of them felt really really obnoxious like the kids were unbearable and the whole movie just felt really synthetic and fake and obnoxious and like this movie doesn't like the scenes with the kids feel surprisingly realistic i think it's a skill that people won't generally recognize but i think ivan reitman is really good at getting a room full of children to do work that doesn't make you want to run screaming out the window yeah, I'd agree with that. One of the things that I read when I was researching this episode is apparently they literally cast thousands of kids or, ran, or rather ran thousands of kids through a casting call in order to get just the right kids for this movie. Okay. Uh, the other thing I think they did pretty well is they, I mean, you could argue that uh, Crisp and Joyce's son, Dominic, is maybe the the central kid, yeah, but, they he... did, but they did a pretty good job of not having the movie be about him the, about the kids yeah about the kid yeah and he's played by twins joseph and christian cousins you're right no, that's not, actually... not arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito <laughs> <laughs> which would be a totally different movie <laughs> i will protect you thank you teacher <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i mean like i thought like it was good that you know arnold has a relationship with this kid dominic we find out a little bit about Dominic's own world and whatever. But he's the teacher. He's like friends to all the kids. And we get little bits with, you know, a big chunk of the kids. So they all have, you know, or a bunch of them have their own little, you know, little stories or little, at least little moments to make them memorable. As opposed to just this one kid being, you know, the showboat of the class that we focus all our attention on. That kid often, you know, Dominic often fades into the background in the big, you know, group classroom scenes. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a great move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you've got the kid who's being abused, which, again, very heavy for, like, a comedy. Yeah, they didn't really follow up too much on that poor little kid. Yeah, his mom was actually played by Jane Brooke, who is on Star Trek Discovery, actually, as an admiral now. She's been in tons of stuff, though. Well, it's, it's good to know that she is able to pull herself out of that relationship and become a spaceship admiral. <laughs> uh, I will say, I think that that little subplot was possibly the most awkward part of the movie. Sure. Uh, I don't know what you thought, but there's a scene where, uh, you know, they've established that this little boy... I think his name was Zach, I think. Yeah, that this little boy, Zach, is being uh, physically abused by his father... Uh, the mother is clearly scared, and as Schwarzenegger confronts her about it, she says, "Oh, he, he's he's been going to counseling for three weeks, and uh, and yeah. he says, well, you know, if if it happens again, I'm pressing charges, and and lo and behold, it does happen again, and Mr. Kimball rushes out of the school after the mother, who you know, by the way, is an abused spouse, and with her." backing up slowly across the schoolyard he advances on her basically yelling at her and demanding that she tell uh tell him what happened which um i imagine would be fairly traumatic uh to have a large man advancing on you arnold's not a small guy like if that guy comes and you look at him and arnold in his like shirts in this movie his like biceps are bulging out of the sleeves so yeah questionable <laughs> yeah no kidding and then uh, you know of course the the father is there, and um, Schwarzenegger confronts him and beats him up or punches him in the stomach in front of basically the entire school. Yeah. Um, you know, and then says, "Well, you know, I'm I'm pressing charges. You're not worth it." And then and then walks off and has to deal with the school principal. But you know, I'm no expert on uh, you know abusive relationships. I don't pretend to be, but. My guess is that that probably didn't go very well right. for Zach and his mother, as well-intentioned as Mr. Kimball may have been. Well, the fact that they never follow up on that is curious. 
it's odd that they would introduce such a heavy, heavy subplot. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the kid is being, say, like yelled at by his jerk father. It's like the kid has like bruises and stuff like that. Like this is a he's, serious, serious he has lacerations case. on the back of his yeah. neck. The classic, I fell down the stairs yeah. again. That it's kind of very, thing. very sad stuff. And so like, yeah, you have Arnold punching the guy out and end of, end of Zach's story. We don't know what happened. I guess Arnold you know charge the guy who knows like that's the thing it's not paid off all we get is kind of like a jokey moment where we go to the principal miss mm-hmm. schlowski played by uh, oscar winner linda hunt in the room talking to arnold being like you know did it feel good to punch him and then he leaves and she's like doing like shadow boxing this is obviously meant to be a very broad comedic moment but like hello <laughs> yeah so so yeah i th- i think if there are any comedic missteps in this movie, that's maybe maybe a big one. Yeah, yeah. But the other kid stuff is much better. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's bad. It's just like it's such heavy stuff to bring into a movie that is at least trying to be very like light and funny for a lot of its runtime. But mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the other kid stuff is good because like you have that uh, Miko Hughes horror icon. You know, he was uh, the kid in Pet Cemetery. He was also in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. He was on tons of stuff. He was a really popular child actor. But he's the kid whose father is like a gynecologist. And he's the one who always likes to blurt out information on genitals in front of everyone. And like, again, it's not played as like obnoxious. Where so many movies would have played as obnoxious. He comes across as like innocent. Yeah, kind of sweet. Yeah. Kind of funny. And they all kind of do. It's like, it's something that like Ivan Reitman is just really good at. And Schwarzenegger... It must have been very good with the kids because they say that, like, you get great kid performances out of A, a great director, but B, uh, a co-star that knows how to work with them, an an adult co-star. And Schwarzenegger obviously knew how to work with these kids. Well, I believe that. Uh, I'm not sure what Schwarzenegger's experience with kids were at this point in his career, but obviously since then he's kind of proven himself over and over again to be very interested in the well-being of children uh as when he was governor of california i mean he he implemented a lot of programs for children's health he volunteers a lot of his time with the special olympics yeah uh and that sort of thing so he he clearly really cares about kids and you know maybe that translates into him having a, a good relationship with with kids as well he was also very invested in like um fitness programs for for young people yeah, as well exactly and wasn't he like the president's like advisor on fitness or something like like some sort of weird title like that <laughs> i don't know we're we're up here in canada where yeah we don't know we've pretty much got a prime minister and uh <laughs> <laughs> he was like to someone he was some sort of like fitness advisor or something like that I think it was a very honorary title. I don't think it was actually like a nine to five job, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you think though that Arnold, his ability to work so well with these kids, really came out of his efforts with Ernie Reyes Jr. in Red Sonja? Maybe that's a good point. You know, Cam, I hadn't even thought about how he had worked with kids before. He wanted to right the wrongs of what he'd done before. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't seen Red Sonja. You know, it's up to you whether you want to watch it or not. Yeah. But certainly, uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. is one of the most aggravating children to be ever committed to screen. Yes. Although he did go on and do some stuff that was marginally more funny. <laughs> sure. Ninja Turtles too, I guess. Or Surf Ninjas. <laughs> Bunch of ninja stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, like, I thought Arnold's punchlines with the kids was, was pretty funny, too. He has a lot of quips in this movie like i think my favorite was just him just being like ah ha 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 quiet <laughs> like tying it all together to kind of like one bit of business there where he's just like laughing and screaming quiet at the same time like he has funny little vocal moments that you know there was in the 90s there was a soundboard that came out with arnold schwarzenegger sounds most of the quotes came from the classroom scenes of kindergarten cop yeah definitely uh, there's Probably thousands of uh, gas station clerks out there that received, uh, <laughs> you know, calls from Arnold Schwarzenegger late at night from thirteen-year-olds uh, that thought they were pretty hilarious. Yeah, like the "Who is your daddy and what does he do?" Like that one got a lot of usage on that soundboard. Uh, now I have a question for you, Tony. Did you ever use that soundboard to make prank calls? You know, I had a soundboard. I think everybody oh, yeah. who, who kind of grew up in that time had a soundboard. Yeah. I honestly can't recall if I ever made a prank call with it, though. 
I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. And it worked. It really did. Like, the Arnold one actually worked. So, uh, what can I say? There was a better one, though. There was a Madame Cleo who was a psychic. There was a soundboard for her. That that one was perfect. You could get such good stuff out of it. But uh, the Arnold one was very effective. I'd like to see a conversation between the two. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I could dig out a soundboard and we could stage that for another episode of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what were your favorite, you know, moments there in the classic? Were there any that jumped out to you before we kind of move on to the other plot elements? Well, I think, and it's probably just, it's hard to say because it's, I think at this point, just so overdone with all these soundboards everybody knows who is your daddy and what does he do yeah but if you if you can kind of erase how that's embedded itself a little bit in pop culture and how you've heard it a lot all of those scenes and all of those quotable quotes from kindergarten cop generally i they're they're delivered so well and they're so funny yeah, like I love the one where the the moment where the kids like eating lunches and Arnold like picks them up and is like stop it and drops them, <laughs> like just like little bits like that, or even the sight of Arnold uh, dressed up as like a cowboy singing, you know, E I E I O stuff like that. Yeah, we've debated on here before, you know, what movies Arnold has sung in, and uh, who would have thought? I had totally forgotten he had a a song and dance routine in this movie. Yeah, Ivan Reitman has had him singing in both of his comedies that we've reviewed so far. In Twins, he was singing as well with the Yakety Yak, Don't Go Back, or whatever. That's Uh, right. I I am curious. We haven't done Junior yet. Your prediction, does he sing in that? I gotta imagine there's a lullaby. I can't remember. Yeah, good call, good call. But I bet you anything there is. Okay, so let's move on to some of the other plot stuff. Um, What did you think of the relationship between uh, Schwarzenegger's character and Penelope Ann uh, Miller's character, who's a teacher, but also the mom of this kid? It was fine. It was what I needed in this movie. I didn't... uh, I won't say it was a Gone with the Wind type romance. Sure. But it uh, it was serviceable. I mean, what did you think about it? Yeah, it's fine. It's so standard 1990s stuff. Like, you have seen this story in every movie ever about an undercover cop <laughs> infiltrating any sort of normal day-to-day job. Put it this way, it was better than the romance in Twins. Sure. Oh, well, huh. Okay, it's definitely more realistic, I suppose. Or at least more um, believable. But was it as memorable? Because the one in Twins is so weird. It is pretty weird. I don't know if it's memorable, uh, I will say, I don't know if it's standard practice for a police officer to get romantically involved with your key witness in, right. in a major sting operation, but uh, going by Schwarzenegger movies, uh, it sure seems like it. Or is it even really that appropriate if you are the cop who's undercover as a teacher to be having a romance with a teacher in the next classroom in front of the children? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, Cam. I, there was definitely uh, a conspicuous absence of professionalism yeah in multiple fields in multiple fields <laughs> in multiple positions acted by multiple actors because <laughs> i'm even like i have question marks about uh linda hunt's character as the you know as the, the principal do you think that a principal would behave as she did like do you think she would let this fly for someone with no teaching experience taking over a classroom of like four-year-old children or five-year-old children I don't think so. I don't think so either. That seems to me to be totally insane. But again, that's the conceit of this movie. Sure, yeah. It would be a pretty short movie if (laughs) Schwarzenegger showed up in the first 10 minutes and uh, Miss Schlowski was just like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the relationship with the the, the other teacher, um, Joyce, did you, like, did you go along with the whole story of that character? Like, did it work for you, the fact that she was the wife of this guy? When we get to the big dramatic stakes at the end, like, does that stuff feel organic or at least work emotionally? Or does it feel kind of clunky? It's pretty middle-of-the-road stuff, I think. Yeah. It wasn't as clunky as we've seen some other things, uh, certainly by Schwarzenegger, definitely in other movies around this time. Yeah. But at the at the same time, it, you know, Penelope Ann Miller, put it this way, she she wasn't slighted on the Academy Award this year. Not this year. Very accomplished actress. She's done a lot of stuff over the years. One movie I always remember is the movie The Relic. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I always liked The Relic. But, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's one of those characters that's kind of thankless because your job is to essentially just kind of not know what's going on for most of the movie and then kind of be the victim in the in the latter half. 
Which isn't the most rewarding job really in the world. Yeah, for sure. It was actually a good thing. I mean, we touch on this sometimes on this podcast that they did have uh, Schwarzenegger's partner, uh, Phoebe. Yeah. And and also to, to a lesser extent, uh, Eleanor Crisp, Crisp's uh, mother. Who, yeah, played who, by Carol Baker, who was a big star of the old days. She was in like westerns like The Big Country and Cheyenne Autumn, as well as the movie Giant with James Dean. That's right. And here she's playing Eleanor Crisp, who's a, uh, you know, a master criminal in her own right. Uh, and so between the two, we, we did at least have some female agency in this yeah. movie, which we don't yeah. always get in Schwarzenegger movies. But uh, I don't think there was a ton of it in Joyce. No, like I think if this movie had been made now, um, you would have had Joyce like have some sort of moment of victory in the finale. Because in this movie, you don't. Like it's Schwarzenegger and Pamela Reed's character are the two that managed to you know save the day whereas like joyce gets knocked out or something yeah but i mean ultimately she she does seem to be in a romantic relationship with schwarzenegger at the end of the movie i guess so does that, that... mean he moves to oregon or does she move to california it's it's not really clear i guess with crisp dead i mean the world's her oyster that's true yeah <laughs> i will say this joyce definitely knows how to whip her traumatized son into a fearful frenzy that's right yelling the bad people are coming the bad people are coming (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i'd be climbing a radio tower hanging tinfoil lasers on it too if my mother was yelling at me like that that scene sucked by the way (laughs) it's like this movie already has pretty high stakes with everything going on with the you know the evil father figure we don't really need this kid like having a false crisis climbing a radio tower I'm surprised you see that, Cam. I think that scene kind of worked. I, it's it's one of the scenes I remember really strongly. <laughs> he tried to recreate it every year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's why there's no tinfoil in my house. <laughs> but I thought Pamela Reed was really good in this movie as his partner. Like, she's having a lot of fun. A movie that came out nowadays would really amp up that character more. Like, Pamela Reed would get much more showy scenes to do, like, fun stuff in. But I think, like, she brings a lot of enjoyment to this movie. I like the scene where she goes out to dinner with Schwarzenegger and the Penelope Ann Miller character. And she's mm-hmm. doing the, yeah, yeah. kind of the Austrian accent and Pretending playing to be his, his sister. sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, she gets fun stuff to do. She has the goofy moment where Arnold walks in on her and her fiancé. Her fiancé is kind of this bumbling cook character, chef character. But she's, uh, I don't, I don't even know what the word is, but she, like, her whole, her whole thing is that she's really into food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I would have loved, actually, like, a spin-off where we just have, like, a movie about that character. Like, another case involving her. Would you really go see uh, a kindergarten cop movie starring Pamela Reed as Phoebe? Does it have to be a kindergarten cop movie? Can it not just be, like, a Phoebe movie? Professor Phoebe. Professor. <laughs> like, Detective Phoebe movie. Like, I don't know. I think that could, you could make a funny buddy cop movie with her and someone else. Like, she could have been a character that goes on. You know those days where they would make spin-off sequels because the original star didn't want to come back and they would just make sequels featuring the supporting character? I think you could have gotten a Kindergarten Cop 2 with Phoebe. It's a good thing this isn't a video uh, cast here. <laughs> Tony's like shaking his head so hard that <laughs> they're about ready to fly off. But um, no, I thought she was awesome. Uh, what did you think of no, Richard? She was really good. What did sure. you think of Richard Tyson as the villain? Yeah, I don't think he was cast properly here. And I think this is maybe a little bit of a problem with that we sometimes see in these, especially late 80s, early 90s movies, is they want to make this guy out to be real bad news. He's shown like literally shooting people down in this movie as well as giving like bad drugs to a woman that kills her no that was his mother oh that was mother did it but he was also involved come on it's a bad family yeah he he definitely gave the order on that one yeah but for the most part of the movie i mean he's got this dorky ponytail and like his his wardrobe he looks like um like he he looks like he went to like a kid and play um (laughs) yard sale or something like that i think house party came out the same year actually you know, it is maybe a function of when this movie was made. You've got shoulders on his blazer that you could serve sushi on. Right. And these, you know, this kind of acid camouflage shirts with high collars and these really high waist uh, parachute pants. Yeah. And it's, it's really bizarre. Uh, and as a villain, I mean, he's pretty menacing in what he does. He's Richard Tyson's definitely not a bad actor by any means. But as far as him being the main bad guy yeah. i think they could have done a bit better I, at, at least in the wardrobe department 
I think he's fine. Like, I don't really have that negative <laughs> feeling towards him. Um, like, I think he does his job. I think he's more memorable than the villain in Twins. There was a villain in Twins? Yeah, I know. It was that guy, remember? It was like industrial espionage or something. He <laughs> had a silencer. I don't know. It was whatever. But, um, no, like, I thought this guy worked reasonably well. Like, he was definitely scary. He was definitely violent. I mean, we got scenes of him, like, beating up a guy for, like, a toy car set and stuff. Like, they definitely really hammered into your head that this guy was dangerous and violent. Mm-hmm. I do have a question, though, of just, like, is this guy too violent for this movie? This is supposed to be kind of a fun movie, and he's really, really violent. Like, this is, a, a like, an R-rated villain in a PG-13 movie. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and th- that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is, uh, I mean, this movie definitely works for adults yeah but i think a lot of kids went to go see this movie too yeah well in the finale like he punches out joyce and you're like wow like this is pretty dark stuff and like the big action climax it was more violent than i remembered where like schwarzenegger's like shot and bleeding everywhere yeah and crisp is holding the gun to his six-year-old son's head and threatening to blow his brains out yeah or there's a part we both kind of laughed at where arnold's running around like school with his guns kind of ducking around corners and, like, puts the gun in the face of, like, five kids. Yeah, now, do you think they would have a scene like that now in a movie? No way no in way. hell. Uh, you know, I think uh, maybe our sensitivities have grown a little bit yeah. since Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's way more intense than I remembered it to be. Uh, I kind of remember to be, uh, you know, family fun fair. Yeah. Uh, and... Sure, there's this crisp guy. He's bad news. He's after his kid. He's after his ex-wife. Uh, he's after his money. Um, but, yeah. you know, all in all, he's going to get his comeuppance in the end. I did not remember that it was going to be a blood-soaked bathroom battle. Yeah, at, I know. And I... children being threatened with pistols and everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, in a movie nowadays, he would have been, like, looking for treasure in the school or something. Like, it would be something so much more innocuous. You think so? Yeah, there's no way he's, it's like this violent. Like, it would be, he's, like, his aim would be, like, you know, the kid has some sort of information that's going to lead him to, like, a bus, like, locker full of money or something. Like, it would not be this dark. Well, maybe we'll see that in uh, Kindergarten Cop 2, Detective Phoebe. Well, or, you know, maybe we should check out the Kindergarten Cop 2 that was actually made. <laughs> I was hoping, I was, I had my fingers crossed that you weren't going to mention it because if you didn't yeah i wasn't going to when we talked about jingle all the way we talked about they made a straight to video sequel starring uh, larry the cable guy i think that was shot in langley bc which tony at the time you said you know if vancouver is hollywood north langley is langley (laughs) (laughs) that's that's correct (laughs) and there was a sequel to kindergarten cop starring dolph lundgren that was shot in langley (laughs) You're kidding me. I had no idea it was yes, shot there. It was shot in Langley, BC. It was released in uh, May of 2016, straight to video. I think it was. I think Langley was a stand-in for Seattle, which is uh, a bit of a stretch for those of you who are familiar with the Space Needle. <laughs> it was directed by a guy named Don Michael Paul, who did the Seagal movie Half Past Dead, and then just does sequels to, to movies, like straight to videos of sequels that no one wants, like one of the Lake Placid sequels, Jarhead 2, Tremors 5, Scorpion King 2. Stuff like that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and the movie featured Dolph Lundgren as an FBI agent who has to go undercover in, like, a school that's, like, really, like, PC and, like, you know, organic foods and all that sort of stuff. We watched the trailer. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, I- I'm actually impressed that you went and did all that much research on um, Kindergarten Cop 2. Because I- when I looked, at- I looked at it a little bit, I had actually watched the, the trailer before we <laughs> watched it again together. Because I thought... As we sometimes do, we'll do related films on Arnie Geddon. We did Predator 2. Uh, we did Terminator Salvation last week. We did uh, uh, a combo episode, a couple of the other Predator movies. We'll probably do the Jason Momoa Conan at some point. Uh, so I was, I was just thinking to myself, well, we'd be foolish not to do Kindergarten Cop 2, especially with Dolph Lundgren, who was in The Expendables with Schwarzenegger. And uh, I've changed my tune. I, I think that maybe we can leave kindergarten cop 2 as a trailer we've seen together and maybe maybe we don't need to live that together sure i mean in kindergarten cop 2 if we watch that we have to watch jingle all the way too and i just don't know if i can do it and you know if we watch either of those movies realistically that's going to shoot their sales through the roof 
And then we may have to watch Kindergarten Cop 3. That's an excellent point. Starring Steven Seagal. Or uh, Jingle All the Way 3 starring... It's not going to be with Seagal. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be with Seagal. <laughs> that guy's not working in the US ever again. But, you know, just as before we leave Kindergarten Cop 2, I will say the movie did very well... <laughs> You can't even keep a straight face when you're... Kindergarten Cop 2 did very well at the Joey Awards, which are the awards The Baby for... Kangaroo Awards? <laughs> the Young Canadian Performer Awards. Oh! Where it won Best Ensemble in a feature film made for TV or direct-to-video. Oh, well, there's one for The Mantle. And it had tons of nominations. <laughs> like, tons. It was like the Titanic of the Joey Awards. <laughs> Wow. But speaking of awards, let's seg back to the first kindergarten cop, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He won the Kids' Choice Award that year for Favorite Movie Actor because of Kindergarten Cop. Not because of Total Recall? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that got a Saturn Award or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so like, Kindergarten Cop movies are good for the awards circuit. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything else that jumped out to you about this movie you want to touch on before we kind of start to wrap uh, up? Nothing that hasn't been covered off by the Joeys and the Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing I did want to touch on, and only briefly, uh, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> I don't know why I want to talk about it, but what did you feel about the inclusion of a ferret in Kindergarten Cop? I am pro-ferret. Are you pro-ferret? So you're a big Beastmaster fan? I I haven't seen Beastmaster, but there was a point in my life where I was very seriously, very, very seriously planning to get a ferret. I had a book. I, in fact, I might still have it. Ferrets for Dummies. I <laughs> was doing like research on it and how to make a good home for them. And my roommates were on board and I was going to get two ferrets. And it was just like <laughs> at a certain point just doing like the spot checks throughout the apartment we realized that it could be a hazard <laughs> because i mean ferrets are known to be very mischievous and get into holes and disappear into the walls <laughs> into the walls and so we just realized that, that we would be endangering the life of a ferret by bringing them into that particular apartment so ultimately the ferret dream died and I can see that you almost killed yourself laughing at that story, but I was I was heartbroken. I was really upset. My coworker said that was the saddest she's ever seen me. <laughs> oh, Cam, I will say, um, as far as the back and forth that we try and do on this podcast, that answer of yours far exceeded <laughs> any answer I hope to get on my... How did you feel about a ferret in Kindergarten Cop? You have no idea how many ferret YouTube videos I watched and everything. Well, <laughs> I was looking up how to train them. I wanted to teach them little tricks. Well, I was going to buy them clothes. If that, I'm surprised you haven't seen Beastmaster. Because I was going to say, anytime there's a ferret in a movie, especially yeah. if it's in an action movie, I it's like... 50-50 whether or not that ferret is going to jump out of a shirt at some point sure. and, and bite the bad guy's uh, neck or wrist or whatever and, and yeah. cause him to drop the spear or the gun right. or fall into a snake pit or something like that. But uh, I, I do appreciate that insight <laughs> into your life. Well, one thing I want to touch on is just some of the other casting in this movie of the adults. You have some really interesting actors showing up in bit parts as like parents. You have Kathy Moriarty from Raging Bull showing up as this like brassy mother of a kid named Sylvester who shows up right at the start and her husband has run off, I guess, with another man and married him or something like that. And now she's kind of like this, like, how would you describe her? She, like, she's like a, almost like, like a, a gangster mall. She's like a flamboyant, rich yeah. um, mother. I mean, she shows up at one point to... Uh, like the bake sale with like a donkey to sell or something. Oh yeah, yeah, at the big carnival. Yeah, she's yeah. she's like over contributing to these uh, children's charity events kind of thing. So uh, I don't know if we need more backstory on her, but she was an interesting addition. She was fun. Like she is the scene that right at the, off the top where she's actually talking to Schwarzenegger's character, and like Kathy Moriarty is really channeling the heat between her and Schwarzenegger. Like she is really into him. I thought she was fun. Um, we also get a couple sitcom actors popping up. You get Park Overall, who was on Empty Nest, as one of the moms. As well as um, uh, Heidi Swedberg, who was on Seinfeld. She played uh, Susan, George's doomed fiancé. They both show up, and again, they're all enamored with Arnold's character. Yeah. I thought the, the interaction between the mothers in this movie was pretty funny. I, I really enjoyed possibly one of the greatest 
backhanded compliments of all time when they're all fawning over Arnold and one of the mothers says, I, I, I've got to get out of here. I've, I've got to put on makeup. And the other, one of the other mothers says, uh, well, none of us are wearing makeup. And uh, the first mother says, well, well, you're married. You're all allowed to look like slobs. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. And another um, casting choice that's really odd, actually. I mean, it was early in her career. Angela Bassett is an airline attendant. Credited in very 1990s fashion as stewardess. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yep, she's just there on the plane. I saw her and my thought was, that looks like Angela Bassett. But it's not because she's, like, not even speaking on this plane. And what do you know? Yeah, I didn't notice her at the time. Uh, but I did definitely saw her name in the cast. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. So it's just fun to see actors pop up that you know. Even, like, uh, Ivan Reitman's son, Jason, who's obviously a director in his own right, shows up as a kid with braces who's, like, kissing some girl during a fire at the end. And, uh... You know, it's fun stuff to see these actors that are, you know, celebs that we know later down the road showing up in this movie. There's a lot of them. There's even one of the kids uh, was played by an actress named Odette Yustman, who was in, like, some horror movies in the early 2000s, like The Unborn. Uh, she's also on, I think, a TV show. I think it was maybe Brothers and Sisters or something like that that ran okay. for a while. So, you know, one of, the, one of the few kids that actually did become an actor later in life. Yeah, that's that's kind of neat. Uh, I mean, Schwarzenegger movies, oftentimes, what, I, what I've learned on this podcast is you think of them as these big, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicles, mm -hmm. and, and they are. This one very much so, because you have, like, the fitness, you've got all the action elements. Like, this does feel very Arnold. Yeah, that's right. But Arnold also tends to... Uh, surround himself with really talented people and often not these superstar award winners, but these uh, journeyman actors or these character actors that basically their job is to bring a movie to life mm -hmm. and to make the stars look like stars and to make the movie look like a like a, a real movie, you know what I mean? That's right. This looked like a real movie. <laughs> so, oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I agree. I agree. It, it did feel like a real movie. <laughs> I, I'm not really being sarcastic. One thing I wanted to touch on um, before we go is it's just something I've noticed uh, in not only Schwarzenegger movies, but 90s action movies and 80s action movies in general, was you noticed how uh, Detective Kimball was able to kill Crisp. Right. But he was not able to kill uh, Eleanor Crisp's mother, was he? No, no, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the um, Pamela Reed's character Nick, takes her out with a baseball bat. Yeah, so I've always found it interesting in these movies around this time where you can have uh, a female character who's really bad news and still under the kind of movie moral code that's at the time, if you are a male protagonist, you cannot kill or harm these characters. Right, yeah, it's just the bad guy that can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that standard was definitely in place in 1990 for sure in those types of movies. Um, why don't we give our final thoughts on Kindergarten Cop? I'm really glad we revisited this movie, Cam. Mm -hmm. uh, I hadn't seen it in a number of years, and I actually think it's a lot of fun. I, I, I was laughing at more of the jokes than you were when we were when we were watching it you were kind of sitting there with a, a grim stoic look on your face for mm -hmm. most of it i was mourning my lost ferrets that's right <laughs> i was i i thought a lot of the jokes actually hit pretty hard i really enjoyed the the combination of uh comedy and police drama yeah. a little bit of action thrown in there for good measure all around a a great movie i'm probably going to pick it up at some point again in the future what, what about you yeah, um, you know, I enjoyed watching this. Like, Ivan Reitman uh, is a real hit-or-miss director for me. I look forward um, to when we do our collaborator series doing the Ivan Reitman episode. But, uh, like, you know, the year before this, he did Ghostbusters 2, which is, you know, it's fine. It's it's not anywhere near as good as the original Ghostbusters. But I think this movie just, it has that touch of confidence to it that you get from a director like Reitman, where, like, these elements in different hands. And that's the thing, like, you know, a lot of the other action stars that made kid sort of oriented movies, they worked with directors that were not up to snuff. And the movies always had that really clunky, mm -hmm. awkward vibe to them. Whereas, like, Ivan Reitman knows how to, you know, direct a room full of kids. He's got a great star in Schwarzenegger. And the two of them work just so well together. And they really hold this whole thing together. I saw Ebert's review where he said, like, this is a movie of parts that should not belong together but they somehow work. And I think that's a credit to Ivan Reitman. Like, again, you know, it's a very weird, violent, you know, cop thriller element. 
you know, you've got like these abuse stories we talked about. You've got the comedy with the kids. For some reason, none of this stuff should belong in the same movie, but for some reason, it actually just kind of builds up to the reality of this one two-hour little world. It's not the funniest movie in the world, but it's also, you know, that's just comedy. Comedy doesn't age particularly well in a lot of cases, in most cases. But I can still enjoy the movie. I still get something out of the performances. It's not embarrassing to watch. Like, you watch some comedies from the 80s or 90s, and you just kind of, like, groan Mm -hmm. at just, like, how dated it is or just how, like, stupid it is. This movie sidesteps that sort of stuff, and I think the thriller and the drama work, so that's what holds it together for me. Yeah, for sure. You compare a movie like Kindergarten Cop to, say, some of Schwarzenegger's later, like Jingle All the Way, I think is a good one to compare it to, which, yeah, yeah. which does not really hold up at all. No, not at all. No. So, yeah, like this one, of the comedies we've we've tackled, this is, I think, the best one. I think we're almost out of comedies, aren't we? Yeah, we have Junior, I think. So, well, at least full-on comedies. We've got some other kind of comedic, you know, Schwarzenegger vehicles, action movies. But, yeah, I think Junior's the last of the full-on comedies until we get our triplets (laughs) movie. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Arnold has said he wants to do another comedy at some point, so we may get... We did get Killing Gunther, I guess, but we could get another one. Yeah, Killing Gunther hardly really counts, does it? Well... It's not really a Schwarzenegger vehicle. It's not, but he does have a lot of comedy in it and very broad stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I enjoyed it. But uh, I think that wraps us up for Kindergarten Cop. So, Tony, what are we doing next time? Well, we're going to do something a little bit different next time, Cam. We've already looked at some of Schwarzenegger's collaborators. We've looked at James Cameron and Andy Vanya so far. We're going to be looking at some more down the road. We thought we'd try something a little bit different and look at Schwarzenegger's competitors around the time that he was making these big blockbusters. And who better to start with than Sylvester Stallone? Not only uh, a business partner of Schwarzenegger's and and a friend of his, but I think there's a real genuine question to be answered about who was the biggest action star, especially of the 1980s and uh and 90s than sylvester stallone so we're going to have a little head-to-head a little competition between the two we're going to be looking at uh what movies stallone was producing at the time versus what movies schwarzenegger was producing and see who ends up on top that's right this is an episode that won't be expendable (laughs) stick to ferrets pal (laughs) (laughs) okay so you can of course reach us on Twitter at ArnieGeddonPod, or you can email us at, at ArnieGeddonPod at gmail.com with any questions or even topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast. And of course, you can leave reviews for us on any of your podcast catching software. Leave the reviews, they'll help us out, you know, yada, yada, yada. You've heard it all before, but it does help us and we do appreciate it. And uh, Tony, where can they find you? You can find me, Tony G, that's Tony like the name, G like the letter at arniegeddon.com you can also find us direct from the source www.arniegeddon.com and how about you cam if they wanted to track you down you can find me on the twitter at cam v as in vanquished ferret dreams smith (laughs) okay so we'll be back with schwarzenegger versus stallone